You're listening to The Co Show, a father-daughter intergenerational conversation about the subjects that really matter. Welcome to another week of The Co Show, your 30-minute dose of cross-generational daddy-daughter talk between myself, now known as Big Tone, and my darling daughter, Lil Tone. How are you today, Lil Tone? Can you not say Lil Tone without it being a, with an American accent? Oh, okay. But it's, well, when you <laughs> say Lil, Lil it just I'm from seems... Texas. <laughs> <laughs> How are y'all? Oh, God. Sorry for offending anyone in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thank you. Not bad. That's good. That's good. And you've had a pretty big week, haven't you? Very big week, yes. Well, tell our listeners about that. Um, well, I announced a, a festival to try and save all of the Scottish music venues called Save Our Scottish Music Venues. No, it was called Save Our Scottish Venues. Oh, she says uh, casually, I just launched this festival to save Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels a bit trivial in the grand scheme of everything else that's going on in the world, but I guess it's a little beacon of light of um, trying to save our cultural scene uh, after the impact of COVID-19. So yeah, it's got some really cool people on it. We announced Katie Tunstall, Hugh and Cry, Hunter and the Bear, The Excerpts, Honey Blood. Um, interestingly though, diversity did come up because uh, there, isn't, there isn't a lot of um, people of colour that are musicians in Scotland. Um, and there is one one artist that I know of that is that is um, re- really well known and is a person of colour. Um, but I didn't want to just ask them to tokenise them. Um, and and also, obviously, it's like a group of volunteers. So it's, it was it, most of those people that came to us. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting subject that came up because everyone was really wanting to support the BLM movement. Um, but uh, we were very aware of the issue of the lack of diversity in Scotland. Well, congratulations. Anyway, that's that. That sounds great. Thank uh, you. The only that's, thing that's I, the only, parity, that's the only thing I can say. The only thing I succeeded in doing was uh, well, I did succeed in a few other things, but having my hair cut. Yeah, which is illegal. Everyone tell them <laughs> it's illegal. You're not allowed to have hairdressers around. Shh, shh, shh. No, she's in my bubble. <laughs> She's in my Boris bubble. But did you pay her? (laughs) I'm not going to answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking the fifth. Fifth Amendment. (laughs) (laughs) And did you see our audience graph after episode eight? Yeah, it's boomed. Yeah. Podcast is booming. It's booming on my side. There's a big slanty graph going upwards, which is actually very different than the economy, which had a big slanty graph going upwards until the lockdown, and then it goes vertically down and apparently we're going to have a 1930s level depression in case you were feeling happy i thought i'd just bring you back down to earth good (laughs) but episode eight caused a bit of a stir um and one uh, there was one comment from an american listener which struck me which and she said that perhaps it's less about a cross-generational difference and more a political difference. Maybe we're very politically different. What do you think about that? 
I definitely think I'm more politically progressed. <laughs> <laughs> I should have expected that kind of an answer. Should I? Um, yeah, so I think mo- politics is different these days anyway than it used to be. Um, and it is, I don't think it is political, really. I think that my opinion about the police and what is going on is a is one of human rights rather than politics. Um, yeah. Well, you, a friend sent me a video which really upset you, uh, which I sent to you, by a black woman, uh, a very powerful black woman called Candice Owen. I sent it to you and you gave me some rather choice remarks about it back. Yeah. And then you sent me um, an interview between her. She's a right-wing black commentator. Uh, she, uh, you sent me an interview that she did with Russell Brand. I think your intention was to say, look here, look, she got, I, th- I think, well, perhaps I should ask you what your intention was, but my interpretation was that you thought that it might change my view of her because I found her an impressive woman, apart from her uh, support for Donald Trump, which I find unfathomable. Mm. Um, but it, the interview with Russell Brand actually had the opposite effect on me because it, it really highlighted for me the differences between people who lean to the right, like me. I don't think I'm right wing, but I lean to the right and people who lean to the left like you. Because what, I mean, he said a lot of things, but none of them amounted to any kind of solution. And I, and that was very much my view of Corbyn's platform, as you know, because we've discussed it many times before. Um, and Russell Brand just kept talking and talking and talking, and she just kept, to me, making absolutely perfect sense. Of course, because you respond to people that shout over people. No. Yes, you do. You I mean, you always I do. have done. You always yeah. have done. And I'm, I, and I'm disappointed that you've brought conversation because I don't think that she needs any more platforming. Okay. Well, I don't think she's... I think that she is a really bad person. <laughs> well, I, you probably mean to say that you think her ideas are bad. I don't think you think she's a bad person. I think that she's causing a lot of damage to, to people of colour. Well, I think she's just ex- demeaning their experience. I think she's expressing her opinion. Her I think she's expressing her strong opinion, which is exactly what you do. She doesn't express her opinion. She shouts at people. She shouts over them while they speak in an arrogant way. Uh, I don't like her at all. I- I'm all for talking about things calmly, but I've listened to a lot of her uh, her speeches, a lot of panels with her on, and I and I find her to be like really irritating. But isn't that because she takes a different viewpoint from yours? No, I mean, I, I, I dislike Boris, but I'll sit and I'll listen to him and I can sometimes hear reason in some of the things that he says. I don't, you know, he's, I don't want him to be my leader or whatever, but, you know, I, I respectfully listen to him. I, I don't have any respect for her. Do you believe in democracy? Yes, I do believe in democracy. I mentioned that because you, you raised... In our last, um, you you raised in one of our last episodes, I'm not sure if it was the previous one, about um, how Corbyn had a totally costed manifesto. Um, But I'm not sure why you would bring that up when he lost so badly. I mean, the worst, I think it was the worst Labour result for a very long time, if not ever. 
Why, why are you bringing it up, sorry? What was well, it? why am I bringing it up? What, do you believe in democracy? Yeah. What's that got to because, do with Well, because uh, I think it's a valid thing to... Oh, I'm not... If you said, I, I know I believe in something slightly different because that seems to be Russell Brand's position, um, I wouldn't... I would want to talk about that but would not disrespect that view. But I think it's an important starting point because... I don't, I'm not sure it's possible for, for democracy to exist because I'm not sure that I believe that it is democracy that's happening right now in government. And that's what I'm finding really concerning. Which bit of government? Well, I just don't... I think which bit about of, government? I should probably... I should have phrased that better. Um, I don't think that... Um, I think there's a lot of sordid stuff happening in the background. But you know, the but the way that we got our government was through a through a vote of the people. Yeah, I almost feel like we need to scrap and start again. Well, but you can't do that, can you? I mean, no, of course we can't do that. But I wish we could because I think that the people that are supposed to be representing our communities and government aren't re aren't representative of the people. You know, they're not on similar salaries. They're not clued up on what's happening on the ground. They don't understand about oppressed societies. You know, when you say they're not on similar salaries, what, what does that mean? I mean, that, that it's, it, how could they possibly be representative of poverty in this country when a lot of them are sitting on 70K plus salaries a year minimum uh, when the rest of us, well, not even the rest of us, a huge percentage of the country is on less than 20 grand a year. How could they possibly understand the struggles of, of someone that is having to feed three three children as a single parent, earning about twelve k a year? Well, so uh, what, you, what are you saying? How would you how would you decide on our leadership then? Pardon? How, how would you decide who our leaders should be then? I feel like they should be voted in by local communities. But wouldn't that amount to much the same thing? No, I think that the I think that the salaries should be hugely reviewed. I can tell you that the person that um, leads in Brighton, well, not lead, leads is the wrong word. His position is culture, art, sport. Yeah, something like that. He's earning one hundred and twenty-five k a year. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, but he's probably a councillor, isn't he? A lead councillor. Yeah. That's. Pretty much the sort of going rate for that kind of position. But I can't, it's, it's hard for me to even hear that from you, not even imagining being able to earn that kind of money ever. That is an unfathomable, unfathomable amount of money to me. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Man doesn't um, consult people that work in culture. I work in culture, I serve the cultural community, and he doesn't even consult us. And I'm, I, you know, my salary is tiny compared to that. And I, I, I'm just, I, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but I, I think it's very hard to have a, a government that understands the oppression and the poverty in this country. That's why I liked Corbyn so much, because I really felt like he understood the poverty in this country. I, no, really, I, think, really I, th I think he probably, 
probably did, but what are you going to do about the people who are wealthy? You've got to also represent them, haven't you? They are represented. They are represented way more than the much larger percentage of people that aren't wealthy. Well, it's a viewpoint, but everybody voted. It's I mean, all the people that you're talking about, all the people... Not everybody voted, Dad. Not everybody okay. voted. The vast majority of people, or a, or a large number of people, difficult for people to vote as well. A large number of people voted, okay. But it, the the people that voted were in the minority to the people who didn't vote. There were more people that didn't vote than the people that voted. But they had the right to vote. Yes, but it was not accessible voting. How is it that you can scan in a check on your phone and the money can arrive in your bank account, but you have to physically drive or get to? our polling station was hidden it was hidden we couldn't find it me and tom were walking around in circles trying to find our polling I, I voted by post and i've been doing that for many years yeah but a lot of people don't have permanent addresses you know th this is what i'm saying about understanding poverty and understanding lack of wealth in our country and that is why i felt like corbyn was a really good representative of people that don't have money but he lost struggling. he, he lost, lost bad yes bad. Dad. You don't need to tell me that. What I'm telling you is that it, the people that voted are the minority to the people okay. who didn't vote. And actually, if people, if if all of those people who are struggling and in poverty and trying to feed their children voted, I, f I personally feel like it would have been a much closer vote. So you, are you saying you don't accept the result of the election? I I can't explain it. I'm not saying I don't accept it. Obviously, I accept it. It's, it's happening. I'm not, I'm not protesting against it i'm saying i can't explain it because to me it felt like it was going to be very close it really did I, I i really felt so positive and i was so deeply disappointed with the result i know you were moving on for them oh actually just before we do move on i i i, I do think that there are worrying aspects of democracy by the way and um one of immediately what springs to mind is the most powerful man in the world is now Donald Trump, the president of the United States. Well, you know, the president of the United States is the most powerful person in the world. And that, and the Americans elected Donald Trump. That is very difficult for me to explain too. Same. And he so, but, was the most powerful person in the United States before he was the prime president of the United States. Oh, I don't think so. Um, but um, it, 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 it is of concern to me, but you probably are aware of the famous quote that um, something, uh, just paraphrasing, you know, democracy is one of the worst systems in the world. It's just better than all the others. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I'm sure you understand the truism behind that because there, you know, I can't think of a better way of, giving a voice to the people uh, for all its drawbacks. Anyway, what we were going to talk about before, today... Before go we on. move on slightly, yeah. the most concerning thing for me about Trump is he's supposed to be the leader of the free world or whatever whatever the saying is, and, and he's, hmm. he's literally complicit in removing human rights. And that's what I find is really concer concerning. The fact that he's removing the rights for women to have abortions, he's removing the rights for trans people to, to, to access medication and support. And that, to me, is not representative of a, of a progressive country. 
you know, well, the discrepancy between uh, wealth and poverty. You what know, was the first thing you said? He's he's removing rights to abortion. I'm not aware of that, but I I can pretty much guarantee you that he's not going to succeed. Um, what was the other thing you said? Access to um, support and medication for trans people. Um, I, I haven't heard about that. What's he doing on that? I think you should just, just do some research. Oh, okay. We said that we weren't going to do any, which is yeah. why I didn't. Yeah, but you know, um, as a, someone who's not a trans person, you probably, it, it isn't a subject that you immediately read about, but it is definitely something that we should, especially with this question of quality right now about, you know, p- people being supported equally and having, you know, taking up space and stuff like that. And, you know, trans people need to have support and, and medication. Well, sure they do, and everybody does. Um, statues. What's your position on statues? Um, probably not as straightforward as you think it would be. Um, I am really happy for the um, for the community in Bristol that they took down the statue of Colston um, because it's something that they've been campaigning for for years and. I think, you know, they've been been ignored for years and I think that they decided to take matters into their own hands and I think that it's quite a befitting end to someone that, that drowned so many slaves. <laughs> that his I, think it, I, I think it's an act of lawless vandalism. <laughs> of course you do. Go on. Why, um, why, but why? but my, what I was going to say is I, I don't think that statues should be destroyed. I think that statues exist to to be a pedestal for certain people that we're supposed to admire and look up to and i think that if those of our values in uh, today then they belong in a museum for educational purposes i don't think that they i don't think that they necessarily um should be vandalized or destroyed but i certainly what they did taken down that's what they did they did vandalize and they didn't yeah, destroy. They were campaigning. They tried the peaceful, peaceful, softly, softly approach for years and got nowhere. And and ultimately, you can't you can't ignore the community when the community is telling you that they don't want something. Well, I don't know that the community voted on it. Well, there was there were years and years of consultation going on. I mean, the, the same. Th- I'm, I've got a venue that I'm I'm supporting through our campaign that's called colston hall and they've been trying to change their name for the last sort of three years well presumably there's a process yeah but there is a process but all the time that landmark stands there it, it it represents the horrible horrible things that we did to people of color well nobody doubts that slavery is an appalling thing um but we were all slaves once you're aware of that, right? I don't know what you mean. Well, we were enslaved by the Romans. The sla- slavery has gone on, and it's not just been perpetrated against black people. Or, you know, it's been perpetrated since time began. Yes, Dad, but the, the slavery you're talking about, we're still, we were still paying it off in 2015. It's a much more... It's totally different to Roman times, and we, we are not... We are not... Uh, putting statues up like roman statues up and uh, in the there's middle still of roman statues everywhere 
it's not the same thing and you know it isn't I do, I do I don't I don't accept that but but my main point is that it's part of our history and where do you stop if you start taking down icons to slavery or oppression where do you stop I mean should we get rid of the pyramids well I would say that's for the Egyptian people to decide but I would imagine what they would do is they would t that they well, I mean, the problem is, is it's a massive part of tourism in Egypt, isn't it? So sure. I mean, it's a, it's a huge, it brings a lot of income into the country. Sure. So I, I think it, that is a decision for the Egyptian people. But I think for the British people, we're a multicultural society and we are trying to stamp out the awful racism in our country. And I mean, you, you must have been following all these ridiculous protests with these, these, um, racist that the bbc can't even call racist they just keep lumping them in as being protesters in all of their articles. yeah but my concern about your position is that you agree with an act of vandalism when it is in your favor it's but not you, in my but favor you, but you, my, but my you, preference is that they belong in a museum for educational purposes now let me just let me just finish the point and then do come back you you support the the, the tearing down of a, a statue that wasn't something that was as far as I'm aware, was democratically decided. It was it was a mob, a pitchfork mob that took it down. You agree with that, but when you see something that is from a side, from an, a, a body of opinion that you don't agree with, they suddenly are the hooligans and the vandals. And I think that's I think that you need to think about that. I didn't call anyone hooligans and vandals. And no, I, I know you didn't. I'm paraphrasing. But, but I'd be really, really careful about your use of language with regard to mob and pitchfork because that is the kind of nuanced language that the press are using against peaceful protesters. They are not well, a mob. They are not, this is not a pitchfork protest. It's a peaceful protest. They peacefully asked for that to be removed for years and they've been ignored by their local governments so they resorted to an act they resorted to a criminal act it wasn't a criminal act of course it was it wasn't it absolutely was a criminal why act why they not being reprimanded for it well the never... mayor of their own their own local area was was supportive well i can't speak for his views but and i'm not going to try of color so he probably understands the oppression well you know, think, you know we're, it we doesn't are. matter to me what colour the mayor is. What matters... Well, it should do. You should see No, colour. it shouldn't. I should be colourblind like justice. You can't justice be, should be colourblind. You can't be colourblind when one particular race of people are being discriminated against constantly. You have to see colour and you have to work in its interest for it to be equal. You can't pretend that... that you can't say, I don't see colour... Colour isn't a problem to me. I was brought up to, to, to love and understand all people because that's not the way that people of colour are being treated in this country. They, they need you to see colour so that we can ensure that the suppression doesn't continue. No, we need to see racism. That's what we need to see. And we need to stamp out racism. And racism isn't merely about colour. That's part of it, but it isn't only about that. Supposing all, the, supposing all the Africans that were enslaved were white, supposing everybody in the world was exactly the same color, would that have made slavery right? Sorry, can you say that again? Supposing all, everybody in the world was the same color, exactly the same pigment of skin, and supposing all the Africans were enslaved, 
would that have made slavery any better? Any I, more acceptable? I don't understand your point. It's a very simple point. Racism what is I'm saying is that We're slavery... Prejudice and they're different. No, what I'm saying is that slavery is the thing that is, it was wrong, and racism is the thing that's wrong, and it would have been equally wrong had everybody in Africa who was enslaved been exactly the same colour as everybody else in the world. But, there, but this isn't just a conversation about slavery. No, it's a conversation also about racism. Yes, exactly. So what I'm saying is that the bit that's wrong is the, is the racism is wrong. Belittling any race, whatever colour they are, Oppressing any race, whatever no colour they no are. No one is belittling white people. Well, you, you must be joking. They, white people, have you, not, have you not heard about the final solution against the Jews? No, but, but what do you... Yeah, but we... That was a, terrib that was a terribly oppressed people. There are, you know, there has been oppression. And they're but, still oppressed. Um, you know, there's been oppression in this country. By the, the, we have icons to the royal family, don't we? They're everywhere, and yet the royal family throughout history oppressed the people. Well, yeah, we're all on the same side when it comes to the royal family. Yeah, well, I'm just what I'm trying to do is to is, might as well, to quote you. There might as well be cardboard cutouts. But what we do need, yeah, <laughs> but what we do need is we need the rule of law. And what you cannot have is you cannot have people just forming mobs, tearing down... Mobs? Yeah, f forming mobs, lawless mobs, whether they be from the right or from the left. They're not mobs, Dad. They're or people. wherever they are from. They, 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 they committed a criminal act, and they, they should be punished for that. And I will be the first in line to, to support their prosecution. No, that's you my, won't. You that's won't. my position. Sat, you'll be sat in your flat, socially distancing, <laughs> your, with your hairdresser with her PPE. <laughs> you won't be first in line. Like the, the law is there to protect its people. It's there to serve its local people. And it's, it was ignoring its local community. There was the no year. vote on it. There was no vote on it. And I, 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 I imagine that there were, I imagine there were a lot of people in Bristol who didn't feel the same way as the people. It was a rather pathetic scene, frankly, to see this statue torn down and then beaten with a stick and then rolled into the river. I, th I found it pathetic. I thought it was beautiful. And, and, I and now, what do, you, so what do you think? What's your position, Tony, on, on them now wanting to, to, to vandalise Winston Churchill's statue? Yes, I'd like Winston Churchill's statue removed as well. I, I would like it taken down and put in a museum somewhere where people can learn about history, essentially. I think it should be educational. Well, learn about the greatest leader of, in this country who stopped us from being enslaved by the Nazis. Yeah, he also starved thousands and thousands of people from the Far East. Come on, he was he a flawed, like a everybody. Man, a, a horrifically racist no, man. No, like everybody, he was a flawed individual, but he comes from a place... More than flawed. He, he comes from a place, he comes from a different... Hundreds of thousands of people. That is, that is different from being flawed. I'm sorry. There's a difference between flawed and being complicit in people dying. Tony, we've discussed this before. Your grandparents were racist. Your grandparents were racist. Yeah, my parents were racist. 
that was a bit of a juvenile response from me. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yes. Because we I, come, but they don't know they were racist because in those days it was normal. Slavery at one time was considered... Okay. Listen, let's just listen. Racism just listen a moment. Okay. Please, Tony, just listen a moment. At one time, slavery was a normal, accepted part of life because people didn't know better. So do you know, you know the song, the hymn, Amazing Grace, don't you? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm aware of it. So it's about slavery, and it was written by a man called John Newton in, in the 1800s. Okay, it, it's, it's an anthem to the, the wretchedness of slavery, written by a man who, was, who worked in the slave industry. He, he captained, I think it was, a slave ship. But he had an, he had an epiphany, and he, he realized that what he was doing was wrong, and he changed. And there's a statue to John Newton. Do you want that ripped down too? I think the question here is is the way that we I don't think that people are born to inherently be racist or evil. I think that it's society that 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 brings out these awful qualities in us. And I think that education starts at home and I think that there is so much that needs to be unpicked here. Because I don't believe, I, I don't think it's a good enough excuse to say it's a, it was a different time. For my grandparents, when my grandparents made remarks, I would bring them up on it. I would say, I was lucky because I, I, I was brought up with best friends that were people of colour. But that doesn't mean that as I got older, I didn't learn bad habituals and behaviorisms from society. You're, you're a beneficiary of the moving moral compass, um, as we all are. I don't, think that you can sit, I don't think that you can sit on the moral high ground when you learn something halfway through your life. Like I, I find it very hard to be, to, to, to take, to be the, the pinnacle of a moral whatever because I'm vegan now. When I could have taught myself to be vegan from day one, I have, my, my best friend chose to be vegetarian when she was like six years old. I'm so, so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up because I don't think you and you and me as as ve you and I as vegans we don't look at meat eaters, do we? And 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 decry them for being awful, do we? We're understanding because we had our minds changed, right? And why can't we look upon slavery in the same way? These people just did not realize what they were doing was wrong. I don't think that's an excuse. Well, it, it may not be, but, but, but the fact is they were born into a, um, a, a world where slavery was commonplace. No, but we, we teach people not to ask questions. That's the problem. When we, when we grow up, we're like, we tell children to be quiet, to take their shoes off, to put them in the corner, to not ask questions, to, to go along with what's being said. We should be teaching kids to always ask questions. That's what we do now. That's, no, why, that's why, for instance, Tracy, your, your elder sister's parenting is totally different to mine. Yeah, but she's in the minority, Dad. Yes, but it's a minority that's growing because other people are learning better ways to parent. We learn better ways to do things. Our morals improve. We're making progress all the time as a species. Anyway, we've come to the end of our time together. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> much as we've loved it <laughs> happy sunday everyone although you won't hear this on sunday but... anyway you've been listening to the two tonys on the co show <laughs> please take a look at our previous oh this is episode nine so please take a look at our previous episodes especially episode eight which caused quite a stir yeah actually i should just quickly say that i burst into tears after episode eight so i'd obviously had a lot of pent-up uh frustration about it but I did say I was going to provide some resources and I ended up not being able to write the bio uh, partly because of that upset but please do check out Reclaim the Block as a charity if you're interested in what I was talking great stuff thank you for that so do go to uh, Tony Co that's T-O-N-Y Co dot com Tony Co dot com to see the previous episodes and do tweet us at Co Show Podcast at Co-Show Podcast. And please seize the precious present. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.